So people love burning their gym shoes. Yeah, can we talk? Welcome back to the podcast, and in case you are living on the complete opposite side of the world and have no idea what happens in life, Nike some months ago released their new ad with images that feature a picture of former NFL player Colin Kaepernick with the words, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. This, of course, is a fallback to when Colin was actively playing in the NFL and started a movement of people kneeling during the national anthem in a way to bring a spotlight to police brutality and people of color in this country. The kneeling controversy hit America hard, and we really began to see a nation, which was already in our separate corners, begin to literally lunge at each other's throats. People were disgusted at what they felt was blatant disrespect toward the country, the military, and to its veterans. In their minds, it was a lack of patriotism, and it's something that has spread far and wide. We saw Colin not get picked up the following season, seemingly due to this controversy. News and political commentators were running stories about it constantly, and even the president, that's the president of the United States, called the sports players that were protesting, well, called them sons of bitches. So you tell me if it was a big deal. In the aftermath, we also saw NFL teams change their policies. The NFL has seen significant decline in sales due to people boycotting based on their decision to put people in place on policies, reprimanding and punishing its employees for essentially a silent protest. Colin sparked a wave of collective anger on both sides, and that anger can be seen and felt everywhere. My opinion, I, I understand. My grandma always taught me to seek first to understand and then to be understood. When you and someone else are on the opposite side of a topic, you can't go off raw emotion alone. We should be able and willing to sit down and to at least listen to one another. And at least listen to others' points of view. And be able to receive that our own personal experiences and interactions shape and mold our opinions and ideals about things. But... Can we at least find some type of common ground, even to the point where we say we agree to disagree? It amazes me that discussions and idea sharing is some mythical practice that we can't be bothered with at all. This is my experience. I come from a military family. Everybody's in the military. And when I say everybody, mom, dad, brother, stepdad, all in the military. They and I support Collins protests. Wait, wait, wait. Now, for those of you who just took a collective sigh and have decided that you can no longer move forward as a listener of this podcast, then, hey, um, I hear you. I'm sad to lose you, but if that does upset you, then let me ask you something. Are you able to stay and listen to my point of view that helped me form that opinion? If so, then thank you so much for being open to other people and their perceptions outside of your own. But if you can't and you say that there is no other point of view, I don't want to listen to anyone else and what they think or what they say, then you are exactly the type of person that you're talking about. 
hopefully you mature to a point where maybe one day you can live outside that little bubble that you put yourself in where you only listen to what you want to hear. Until then, bye. To everyone else who stayed, welcome back. My opinion is that I agree with the sentiment. Now, I could be wrong, but sometimes I assume people know or can at least tell from my voice that I am a black woman. If you didn't know that, ta-da! I'm black. Does that change my opinion? I think that it enhances it. I've seen and experienced things firsthand due to being a black woman. And at the same time, there are certain things that, in my opinion, are so obvious and there is no more relativism around that. No matter who you are or what your experiences have been, you can see the forest for the trees in front of you. The stories of Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, etc. are not new to us. I've seen people harassed on a daily basis growing up on the west side of Detroit. This new technology age of capturing these moments on film is new to the world that they can witness this, but we've known this to be happening for years, our whole lives even. There's one truth that is self-evident, or at least should be. There's not just one justice system. You can see that in the same way we've seen all of these viral videos of people like Barbecue Becky, Permit Patty, Coupon Carl, and even the tragic most recent case of Botham John, who was literally murdered in his house for no reason. No reason at all. People calling the police on black people who are literally just living their lives, sleeping in college dorm rooms when they live there, having a picnic, using a manufacturer's coupon. Yes, that one really got me. The coupon. I even saw a video, I don't know how real it is, but I really saw a video of someone calling the police on some black guys they were playing basketball against because they dunked on them. I, I literally can't. Meanwhile, back on the ranch, we've also seen the rise of videos going viral of people arresting and sometimes even killing unarmed minorities left and right with a special emphasis on black men. One recent example was that of a young black high school student who was riding as a passenger in the car with his white grandmother. Someone called the police because they believed that he was robbing her. When the police pulled them over, they had him come out of the car, walk backwards, handcuffed him. He was placed in the back of a squad car. When the grandmother explained who he was to her, then the entire situation changed. That is 100% real, by the way. Go and Google it right now. Thankfully, this didn't end in violence, but we have seen way too many examples of unarmed people being gunned down for sometimes no apparent reason to even let our guard down. Think about the catalyst for that. Someone saw a white woman and a black man in a vehicle together. A young black guy. I think the kid was maybe 14 or 15. And for some reason, that scene did not look right to them. Seeing this young man in the car with this white woman was so visually offensive that they felt the need to call the cops because they felt there's no other explanation for this. She must be being robbed. Oh, oh, you need a second to process that? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I, I got you. Racism upsets your stomach too. I'm the same way. I understand. Take your time. All right, you good? All right, let's, let's push through this together. Neo Hughley wrote a new book about how not to get shot. 
while on promotion for that book, he said something that really, really melted into my mind. He said that the most dangerous place for black people to reside is in white people's imaginations. One thing that we have always seen is that the color of our skin makes us suspicious to a lot of people. Oh, hold on. I sorry. I just need a sec. No, I'm 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 good. You know, it's just it, it's the racism. It's just ugh, my stomach just acts up a little bit when I think about it. I'm all right. I'm good. Literally, that's what the problem is. Being black is inherently suspicious. The fact that my skin is darker because of a chemical called melanin has given people an argument that it's okay for people to treat me as if I'm going to steal something when I walk into a store or that it's okay to think that I'm up to no good when I'm out walking my dog with my hoodie on. These people have been taught that people who don't look like them have less value. The idea is sometimes conscious, but a lot of times it can be unconscious as well. No matter what, the main point is that this is a learned behavior. No one is born with these ideals. You have to be taught by someone. And therefore, you can also unteach it as long as you are willing to receive that it is there in the first place. Or as I like to say, acceptance is the first stage in recovery. This means that our neighborhoods are policed more. We're jailed more disproportionately to the rest of the population and let me break down for you what that means let's say you're a student in a school there are 30 kids in your class everyone is learning things taking notes going on about their day every time the teacher gives a lecture though they always turn to you whether you raise your hand or not whether you're talking or not whether you're passing notes or not they're constantly questioning you they're constantly calling on you you begin to really think why am I the one that they constantly call on out of everybody else? Why is it always me? It gets to the point where you start to expect it. And so does everybody else. Everybody else starts to believe that there must be some reason why they're always calling on you. You must be the troublemaker. Why else would the teacher constantly be calling on you and questioning you? And the teacher goes about doing this exact same thing. And they begin to affect the atmosphere of that classroom. The teachers aid that their training is seeing this and they begin to apply it as well. You can see it in their teaching as well. It doesn't happen in every classroom, but it's happening across the board. There was this experiment done some years ago. And I was introduced to this woman by just watching old YouTube videos about the Oprah Winfrey show. Her name is Jane Elliott and she does an amazing and fascinating experiment with white people to let them experience what racism feels like. What she did was she took a large group of people for this social experiment and she separated people by their eye color. Something that's for the most part genetically and DNA wise exactly like skin color, completely chemical and completely random. She separated people with blue eyes out from people with brown, green, or any other color eyes. And they began to treat the people with blue eyes very differently. They began to call them stupid. They treated them as if they were inferior. They treated them as if there was something wrong with them, as if they are suspicious. And after so long of treating these people like this, everyone else in the room 
You could tell that the atmosphere was affecting them. They too began to feel like we must be better than these blue-eyed people. We must be better than them in every way. And then they started to begin to treat these people as if they were inferior. That's what it's like growing up black in America. The only expectation that anyone has for you is negative. These ideas that are embedded into our society have helped to fill both our jails and our cemeteries with black bodies. What Colin was saying is that the flag and the national anthem are in honor of a country that as of now is not living up to its own ideals as a country of freedom and protection for all of its citizens. He decided to use the only platform that he has to bring awareness and attention to the police brutality against people of color in this country and thus back to the controversy that has sparked worldwide shoe burnings and sock mutilation. To the point of disrespect to the national anthem, I say that's not what the kneeling was about at all. But have you listened to the whole anthem? Go ahead, Google it. Look at the lyrics and then you tell me if black people should be excited about the national anthem. Don't worry, I'll wait. There's a whole other episode. Back to Colin. He began that protest by sitting and then after the initial backlash, which he says that he respected and he understood, he actually reached out to another player who was also a veteran army ranger and who, by the way, completely supported him, but instead asked him to kneel. He explained that kneeling is something that you do out of respect. Soldiers kneel when another soldier is injured. Players kneel when someone is injured on the field. They kneel at fallen soldiers' graves to pay homage to them. When you propose marriage, you kneel. When you pray and worship, you kneel. There's a level of respect when it comes to kneeling. It didn't matter. The outrage was very real and it didn't stop. And since then, the NFL has what seems to have been effectively blackballed Colin from the league. He hasn't picked up by any teams and his career, at least as of right now, in the football sense, seems to be over. Not being picked up, though, hasn't stopped him. He has donated millions of his own personal money to different charities and nonprofits that help needy communities. He truly embodies that statement of believing in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Protesting is something that this country was built on. Literally. Why do you think the country was even started? People were rebelling against British rule. We even had a little tea party about it. The right to protest is exactly what those soldiers go out and fight for. Burning shoes that you already have paid for is stupid as hell to me, especially when you could donate all your Nike gear to others that need it. I'm just saying. But that is your right to do so, and that is the difference. You can't tell somebody how to use their platform and what they feel needs to be addressed. If what you're doing isn't hurting anybody, then what's the problem? They are kneeling during a song about an issue that we should not be blind to. Something that is running rampant in our country to the point where people are literally dying left and right because of it. And people are angry at the what they're protesting. It boggles my mind. This bold choice by Nike is very interesting. We're seeing companies on both sides of the fence come out and in different ways of telling us where they stand on certain issues. Of course, we saw outrage coming from the White House as well as calling out Nike and demanding that people boycott or stop supporting their brand. We also saw Nike respond in some of the best corporate clapback that I've ever seen. 
You even started to see people, including celebrities, more notably Serena Williams doing her own U.S. Open controversy wearing Nike where the word Nike has been replaced with the word logo in quotations. I don't think that this is by accident. I think that these companies, again, on either one side of the fence, calculate very precisely when they make a move like this. If they're smart. And Nike is smart. One of my favorite YouTubers, Philip DeFranco, has a great video talking about the situation where he explains how when an issue hits the company, takes a hit in the beginning, but then either eventually just fades out or they actually come out with increased sales on the other side. So it's actually going to take some time to see a genuine long-term effects of this controversy. Right now, we're seeing a more immediate effect. The Super Bowl is coming up in a few months. And of course, we're talking about the NFL. We've heard where Jay-Z has said that he said no to the Super Bowl. They need him. He doesn't need them. Rihanna said no to performing at halftime of the Super Bowl. Even Cardi B turned down a feature or guest spot at the Super Bowl. And people are actually actively kind of wanting Maroon 5 to step down as the current spot holder. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. I don't know about you, but this is very interesting to me. And I'm going to keep my eye on this situation. But whatever you feel about it is fine. But I hope, I hope that you're at least willing to hear other points of view especially on circumstances such as these. And now that you've heard my point of view, I want to hear yours. What do you feel about this situation? Are you boycotting Nike right now? If so, where do you stand on the NFL kneeling controversy? Or are those shoes just going to keep burning in a bonfire of protest? I don't know. But we can keep talking about it.